this is Baked and Bookish with your hosts, Maggie Boyer. And Savannah Cruz. This is the podcast where we get really, really baked and we talk about books. And we will swear, we will spoil, we will talk about sex, we will smoke, uh, anything else with an S you can think of, we will probably do. Yeah, that's right. In session. <laughs> oh! <laughs> the podcast is in session. We also wanted to say Happy New Year to everybody. This is our New Year's episode. We are recording this in October, but if you are listening once this comes out, which obviously you are, um, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! I hope you guys kind of read this book a little bit during maybe the spooky season as well. Uh, or at least fall harvest. I mean, I guess it's kind of murder, so spooky season season is better, but it still just gives off those rainy, dark, cold vibes. Like, winter I can also see. Absolutely. I mean, he basically almost freezes to death at one point, so. Oh, so vivid. Oh, so vivid. Can't oh wait for us to get there, oh, I have a story about that. Anyway, what are we... Reading? Reading? Is it reading next? Or I don't even have my laptop out. Let's, I... let's do book introduction and then trigger warning, because I feel like we should Perfect. see what the book is. So the book this week that we chose is The Secret History by Donna Tart. Uh, Savannah chose this one. I did. <laughs> it's got that dark academia vibe that we were just talking about. It's got this exquisite prose by Donna Tart. It's got well-developed characters, even though they're terrible. Oh my god, they're horrible. Yeah, this is a, a very depressing book. A very dark book, I would say. Uh, so we're gonna give a couple trigger warnings, things that we're gonna talk about that were in the plot. Um, some of those things were suicide, murder, and addiction. So if any of those just... And sexual abuse. And sexual abuse, yes. And incest. Yes. And oh. that sexual abuse. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty dark, guys, it's but... pretty dark. <laughs> it's a brilliantly written book. Brilliant. Totally. Brilliant. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, we, yeah, like Samantha said, we chose it because it is so brilliant. It's also kind of blowing up on Book Talk. So if you found us from Book Talk, welcome. Hello, hello. We are happy to have you here. We will be smoking today, and today we'll be smoking a joint. I almost considered getting out my champagne bottle bong, but they actually smoke a joint in the book, and I felt like we needed to follow their example. So we're smoking another joint today. Right. We suggest that if weed is your thing, cannabis is your thing, that you have a joint as well, and you partake with us to listen to this book talk. So what the hell is this book about, Savannah? It is so dark. It also took me a minute to get into, so if it's a slow start for you, I get it. The language was so pretentious and so, what is the word? It was literally just like a bunch of GRE words in a row. Um, yeah, it was very like, like highbrow. Exactly. That's the words exactly out of my brain. Oh yes. my gosh. Yeah, so it's very highbrow, pretentious, haughty. I really hated it at the beginning and it was so slow, but then I got to know the character Richard, who is our narrator. And I was like, you know what? This is exactly his voice. This is exactly how he speaks. This is exactly how he would think. Like, he is the most pompous, fake, pretending asshole. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it was captured perfectly. But as you said, it does get pretty tedious at times, especially in the beginning as you're acclimating to all of his uh, overly flowery language for everything, his thoughts about being better and the ways that he can present to the world. But to take it a step back, so we're starting at the beginning of the book. You're just opening the book and Donna Tart starts it out with the murder. Yeah, <laughs> literally like 
like the climax of the book. Well, yeah. actually, there's kind of too many climaxes. I would say this is a five-act book if you're doing like act structure with your book writing. I would say this is a five-act play and there's kind of like two major climatic points. For sure. But she literally starts with one of the two main ones. Yeah, and it's your the prologue murder. is the murder <laughs> is the first uh, big event. And so we see that they murder this guy named Bunny and it's a group of people that committed this murder as a group. And then you get thrown all the way back to the beginning to where this character, this narrator, Richard, is deciding what school to go to. And he wants to get the hell away from California and his parents. And so he goes to the East Coast to this pretentious small school in the Northeast. And he starts with, like, different languages. And he's on scholarship and he's trying to get into, like, Greek, which is what he studied at community college, I think. Mm -hmm. But they're like well we have one greek professor and he takes like four students five students he's already full and so you you can't do that you'd be an english major and this dude tries so hard to get into this class yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps running into the teacher the professor trying to worm his way in and this professor's name is julian he's kind of portrayed as being this whimsical character that's aloof that he's very interested in and that is very mysterious he's very like i wish i could take you richard i really do but i i can't even fathom to have another student and you're like you only have like what was it like five 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 students Five students. He was like, you're telling me you couldn't take a six? Yeah. And <laughs> Richard is seeing this guy in this just, like, almost godlike way. Like, bro, you're, like, this superhero, this, like celebrity teacher almost and he also sees the other students that way he sees them across the lawn and they're smoking and they have umbrellas and they i mean umbrellas on sunny days and rainy days and they're just all aloof and seeming above it all and separate and cool and it was at this moment because she's described he's describing them as gorgeous beautiful like all just having these gorgeous exquisite features and being separate from the campus and not engaging with other people on the campus and things like that and they have like one superhero godlike leader mm-hmm. and i immediately said twilight was based on this <laughs> twilight was based on the secret history i swear to god and it just like felt very vampiric they're not vampires spoiler alert but <laughs> it felt very vampiric at that point totally. and it felt very haunting and the whole like i feel inferior and i'm gonna fake who i am felt very bella swan Oh, yeah. Just saying. So, Richard decides that if he starts looking more rich and he starts dressing better and different and changing his personality, he might get into this class. Right. So, he's, like, slowly clawing his way in there. It's obvious that he's going to get in because... We see in the prologue that he's committed this murder with these people. Obviously, there's a way that he's gonna infiltrate this elusive group, but it's just kind of like, how? How? And so he starts dressing nicely, and he's at the library one day, and the kids are there. Well, the students. They're not kids. They're adults. But the Thank stu- God. <laughs> right? The students are there, and they basically are having a really hard time with this Greek passage and translation from English to Greek. And he slips in and just is able to say, wouldn't this tense be perfect for this, you know, thing? And they were like, oh my god! 
Richard, you're a genius. They didn't know his name, but they learned his name, and they're like, Richard, you're a genius. Right, and then Henry comes up, and he's like, pretty good, pretty good, because he's a, really a genius. Yeah, <laughs> he, like, knows, like, seven languages or something. I don't know if that's the number, but he knows, like, many languages. Many languages. He's very much, like, a scholar that isn't gonna do anything with his knowledge at all. He literally, like, dropped out of school in, like, basically middle school when he got injured in some sort mm-hmm. of accident, but he just read a lot and was very studious and so now he like couldn't really have success in the real world but he's an academic through and through and he idolizes Julian like idolizes him you think Richard idolizes Julian Henry is like obsessed with the places this man's shoe has touched the ground that can speak Greek fluently like in a very casual type way so they're able to and Latin that way yeah yeah and Latin as well so this is what they like flip to whenever they're trying to exclude others which this book has a lot of things of exclusivity and clickiness and classism and racism and homophobia and just like there's not even any like blatant racism I don't feel like but it's because there's no people of color there was all that stuff about the um, Middle East Eastern oh people. yeah quote unquote like yeah yeah there was like a lot of that stuff there just weren't any people of color in the community and that I think also displays the racism without displaying the racism for sure there's also a ton of homophobia in this book guys like yeah. a ton of homophobia and real like into that is like Bunny is the worst about it like the worst about it like it's actually atrocious so he is one that approaches Richard to hang out and he said do you want to go get lunch with me like it's on me because Richard has no money he's pretending to have money but he has absolutely no money so he's just and most of them know that it's all pomp yeah like they've cracked the code obviously that he's not affluent like they are you know like (laughs) he's lying his ass off and they never really call him on his lies directly Bunny starts to get a little more direct towards the end but they never really call him on it they all just kind of like let him pretend but it's because half of them are pretending to some degree they're richer than he is but they're still pretending yeah there's just different aspects of pretending so we're getting to know Bunny more as he's having lunch with Richard they're ordering like tons of the whole menu tons of drinks bunny is being absolutely horrible to the wait staff terrible like demonstration of him and his character you know homophobic rude classist he's literally just talking all the shit he can as loudly as possible but like he doesn't get called on it and then he's all of a sudden like oh man richard I don't think I have my wallet. I don't have any money. And Richard's like, what the fuck, dude? This is probably like a thousand dollar tab or like hundreds of dollars or something. Like, this is ridiculous. What are you, and you've been so horrible and I felt so uncomfortable this whole time, but like, what? And so they call Henry and Henry bails them out of the situation and pays for dinner. But then Henry lets Richard know that Bunny did it on purpose and even reminds him of how Bunny paid for the cab. So he clearly had his wallet on him. Right, and Richard's like, Damn, I just got told. <laughs> I just got played. I just got played. But to be honest, Bunny does that to everybody. Because Bunny doesn't actually have the money he says he does. Yeah, Bunny has been taught by his parents to let everybody else foot the bill, which is very important about how him and Henry function. Because Henry is basically like an ATM. Super wealthy, too. (laughs) Yeah. And this Bunny's adopted ATM. Um, Adopted ATM. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm going to use that pronoun. They're not sugar daddies. They're adopted ATMs. That's what it felt like. Where are we? 
There's so much stuff that happens. Like, this is such a, oh my gosh, guys. And so, basically, you just keep getting to know these characters and just how horrible of people they are. You also get to see, like, Francis's country home. They go out and drink. They slowly start inviting him to dinner once he's in the class. But it takes, like, a whole month. Like, they're still very aloof, but it takes some time, and he finally kind of gets into the inner circle. And eventually, should we just skip straight to the climax? Like, is there, is there anything in this plot section that you feel like is uber important? Mm, Not really. The next thing that happens that we're told about is that everybody, I mean, obviously they've made friends, they go to, they have weekly dinners, like everybody. They have campus parties, you meet some side characters, yada yada. Winter break. Yes, it's winter break. Oh my god, winter break is horrible. Winter break is horrible. Everybody is leaving, but they do not know that Richard has no place to go. So they all go off. Um, Henry and Bunny go to Italy to Rome together. Bunny is making Henry pay for all of this. And Francis goes off to his family and in New York. And the twins go home. Because, yes, there's the twins, Charles and Camilla, who will be important later. <laughs> um, we haven't even said their names. But yeah. they're twins. And they go, you know, home for the time. And they're writing him. And Richard gets this information for this hippie guy from the front office. And they're like, you can stay there for really, really cheap or basically just, like, making some instruments for this dude. Yeah, you're just making instrument pieces for this guy and you can live there for free. Well, they didn't tell him that there's, like, a giant hole in the ceiling. They don't really know the how cold it's gonna get. Like, the extent of, like, there's no heating or electricity in this place. Well, there's electricity, but there's no heating. Like, Yeah, and he's not able to, like keep warm so he's like going to work very early and staying until the building closes so that he can find shelter because he's been living on this on-campus space and now it's closed. I was honestly really surprised that his alcoholism didn't become an issue now and instead becomes one later because alcohol keeps you warm or it makes you think you're warm and it also he could have stayed at the bars really late. Yeah I was surprised about that too. So I really thought but the only bar near him was this like really seedy place he said where like a lot of crime happens yeah and, and obviously so he's a dude that's gonna get beat up and taken advantage of. He's, he's a little dork. He's yeah. a little dork. <laughs> he does not look like he's gonna, you know, take care of himself. But anyway, he almost dies, like, multiple times. Yeah, he has to stay at a hotel for a couple of nights. He literally is, like, shaking and falling and confused and hallucinating every night. He's sleeping in, like, huge layers. And everybody's like, why didn't you go get a space heater? And he's like, I'm from California. I didn't even know those were a thing. And everybody tells him later in life, like, how close he was to probably dying and stuff and to be honest i could feel that cold oh my god this was the most this was the most descriptive part for me it was the most descriptive part and i could feel it too because actually once actually multiple times i used to go cold camping Mm -hmm. and i would go camping in december or january in like north carolina tennessee virginia area and it would get so fucking cold we would just be passing around a bottle drinking in like zero degree sleeping bags and jackets and like one year the well one year the well was frozen and so we had to like go back into town and bring water to the site that we were backpack camping at like it would get so cold like I would come home and I would have to like sit in a like lukewarm bath and then a warm bath and then a hot bath to like defrost my like extremities I didn't know at the time I had pots and Raynaud's and things like that and that that was probably really dangerous for me and my circulation right but I was so fucking cold and so I could 
feel it because Vermont is much colder than Tennessee and North Carolina mountains, which get cold. Right, right. It's even colder. And it's, it was so vivid. It was so vivid. But it reaches... Well, I'm talking. You're good. You're I'm good. good. <laughs> Savannah's calling it on this joint. There's not a lot left. I'm proud of you. I, uh, I'm proud of you. Yeah, you I went. lasted a while, but... You did. Oh, my gosh. I, I kind of got caught up in the flow of it. I was like, right? I felt like, you We know, were just... We were session and going through the story. I know. It felt so oh, good. And so oh. it's hard to call it on that, but... But basically, Henry comes home early and they he gets the address of the hippies from Richard, who had been avoiding telling them where he was staying the whole time. Yeah, and Richard had, like, fallen and busted his head on a payphone. He was probably going to die. Yes. Like, it was so cold. Pneumonia, malnutrition, exposure, and then on top of it, like, the loneliness and depression. Like, my guy was not doing good. No. So Henry took him to the hospital, and I texted Savannah at this point because Henry stayed in the hospital with him, like, the whole time, reading to him, sleeping there, all of these sweet things. I actually kind of think it was kind of manipulative at this point, trying to get Richard on his side. Oh, of course. And get in there before Bunny got home. Mm-hmm. But I, at first, thought, I texted Savannah, and I was like, this is gay? <laughs> I was like, the book is gay? And there are gay parts later, but this is not the gay. Yeah. I really thought it was going to be Richard Henry. So if you have any, like, Richard Henry TikToks, send them my way. Because I kind of think that Richard was into Henry. And Henry may have been into him back. Maybe not aware of it. But I do think there was some, there was some mm-hmm going on there. But, I mean, it was all... Richard was just, like, obsessed with Camilla. He just thought that she was the most gorgeous thing and was, like, super... Yeah, but then oh. keeps comparing her to, like, a little boy. And comparing her to Charles. So, so Richard is <laughs> a little gay. And he, I mean, he's even, like, not repulsed when Francis kisses him later and stuff. So, like, oh, yeah, he goes along with it. Yeah, like, oh, he's hey. like, he's like, this is kind of nice. And then he's like, but I'm not into Francis and we're friends. Like, yeah. I should just end this. But it's not because he doesn't like the kiss. Just some thoughts. This book is gay. Anyway. There's a lot of layers of that. And I think that that plays into, like, ancient Greek culture. Yeah. Roman culture. Almost like, not that they had an orgy and not that the Romans had orgy, but it was, like, almost like an orgy. orgy. Oh, they did have an orgy. You're right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wait a second. Okay, we're getting there, though. (laughs) So, it's winter break. So it's winter break and Henry stays with Richard until he gets out of the hospital, brings him home to his house and lets him stay with him like on his couch and stuff and basically like nurses him back to health. Bunny gets home and he is pissed. He's pissed at Henry and he won't tell him why. Him and Henry have kind of had a fight and Henry is like, he's been taking my money, he's been manipulating me, he's been so angry, he did all these like weird things, wanted to upgrade hotels and yada yada and Bunny is just like, Henry's evil dude just don't listen to him but won't really say anything more right and so he keeps getting more and more drunk and more and more angry as the weeks go by and Richard is spending more time with the other four of them and away from Bunny and just not having fun with Bunny and Bunny is just really bitter making all these weird jokes and stuff about Mm. murder and incest and stuff and you're like really confused you're like what is he what is Bunny like what's happening he's devolving and this whole time you know that he's gonna get murdered right Mm -hmm. so like you're like i can kind of see it (laughs) (laughs) because he's also like being
being really homophobic and horrible to these people and straight up like abusing them. He's also getting abused back and like I don't normally say that mutual abuse is a thing but I think that all of these people were horrible people and it was just a big clusterfuck of manipulation. Well she she wrote this, Donatar wrote this as like Greek tragedy playing off of the Iliad and how it starts with this like huge like telling you exactly what's gonna happen but how is it gonna play out? You know, and everybody's terrible and everything's bad. But it <laughs> everything was so is fun, bad. But this it was is so actually this is actually the bad place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, this is actually the bad place. But you're seeing. <laughs> You're seeing Richard just, like, become privy to all these different details through Bunny and them, and it comes to light that they've been doing some Dionysian bachinal rituals in the woods. And so basically that means that they were fasting and drinking and doing different, you know, herbal drugs and just, like, going out into the woods and getting naked and trying to have orgies under the moon and stuff. And trying to raise their energy and reach this, like, really elevated, like, state. But so, let's go back, because we don't know all this yet. Basically what happens is Bunny, wait, does Richard figure it out first and then Bunny comes to him? Yeah. Oh my god! So, so... Holy shit, so never mind! what happened is that uh, Henry continues to drop hints for Richard on purpose to make Richard think that he's so smart and playing into his pretension. And he's like, oh my god, you put it together? We knew that you were so smart and could trust you so that they could get his allegiance and stuff. And that's whenever they, yeah, they trained him so that they could use him as the canary in the coal mine. In the coal mine. So that whenever Bunny finally told him, he already knew and he was prepared to tell them so oh that they could take God. him out and neutralize him. Because basically they were having these Dionysus moments and Bunny started to get kind of sketched out by it. And he decided to not. <laughs> they breaking the ecstatic states. We would be making jokes and stuff and being terrible and being such an asshat so they started leaving him out and eventually they actually like got what they were looking for this like super nirvana ecstatic ecstasy state right right very manic very manic and they basically like get in this state without bunny and they start having an orgy they start running around through the woods and they're like running miles and just like dancing and you know galloping through the woods as animals howling and doing things like this and eventually Henry is standing there and someone comes up behind him and he turns around and wallops the person. Yeah. Because he, I guess, thought it was like a dark shadow or something. I don't really know. He thought it was like evil. And he turns around and does this. And that's all we get from Henry at this point. But we find out later that he straight up like cut this person from like their ab, like their whole abdomen open and like basically dissected them. Like he did some fucked up shit to that body. He went Went feral. feral. He really did. He went feral on this guy. He went just absolutely wild and just tore this guy up. And they were all covered in blood and Camilla. Only Camilla's hair was covered in blood. Her, Not her body. It was like she dipped her hair in it. it but like we didn't get that. They just found her yeah. with her hair bloody. So we don't really know what happened with Camilla. Um, It was just all really weird. And this is what Henry tells Richard. And Richard is like, okay, that's really wild. But I guess I'll just. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> 
Like, I get it, kind of. I mean, you're just following Julian's example, right? This is how we get great writers, I guess. He's just, like, totally making whatever excuses in his head he can. And so, eventually, Bunny's just getting more and more volatile, and Henry really wants to murder him. Right. Henry is, like... He's draining their bank accounts. He's saying... He's dropping hints in public. He's, like, dancing on the line, which is why they need Richard to tell... He's blackmailing them. Yeah. They need Richard to tell him whenever he cracks, because he's gonna be the first person he wants to tell. And so, eventually, Bunny gets really drunk. It's the middle of the night, and Richard also has been taking and abusing, like, pain meds and sleep medicine at this point, and cocaine, and so yeah. he was in this, like, really weird trancey state, and Bunny comes upstairs and is super drunk, and is like, Richard, my, my good, good man, Richard. They also talk like they're from, like, 1920, not 1990. It's okay? so funny. Um, it's so funny. That's why I thought they were vampires, okay? Because, like, they literally, they talk like they're from another time, as Stephanie Meyer would say. Totally. Like, and literally she just ripped off this book and added vampires. I really feel. (laughs) I really feel. But anyway, because all the vampires in Twilight are horrible people. But I digress. And Bunny found out about all this. Yeah, he found out about all of this in Rome because he had his suspicions because they all came out. No, he found out fully in Rome. Basically what happened was they came back to Henry's covered in blood that night. And Bunny was sleeping on Henry's couch and saw them. And they claimed they killed a deer. They claimed they accidentally killed a deer. And he's like, okay, that's really disgusting and creepy and weird, but I guess I'll allow it. But then he found out, he saw that they, in the paper, that this dude was murdered on the same night. And he was like, guys, this is super weird. And they immediately, like, got really awkward and tried to shut him down and all this stuff. And he was like, guys. And they told him. (laughs) And he had a breakdown. And this is when he starts to get really volatile. And then he goes to Rome with Henry and he gets full confirmation because they kind of kept just denying it at that point. And he knew and he was dropping hints, but they kept denying it to him. They were kind of gaslighting him for a while. That's true, that's true. And then in Rome, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, unfortunate for Bunny, but like fortunate it all came to light, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Basically, Bunny read Henry's diary that was written in like Greek or Latin or something and was like translating it by hand and having such a hard time with it but he figured it out right and they have this huge fight and that's when it just like really devolves and the blackmail really gets big and before it was just like really inconsiderate borrowing and gaslighting and manipulation now it's full-on blackmail yeah it's like (laughs) i need pocket change and vacations and nice dinners and everybody's bank accounts are feeling it yeah this is all their parents are concerned they're on drugs something is going on everybody's suspect and basically bunny tells richard all of this and richard is like oh my god i don't know what to say and he just kind of like plays it cool and it's kind of like acting like he's on bunny's side almost and he's kind of the double agent and he goes to Henry's and he tells Henry and Henry's like, okay, we got to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We got to kill Bunny like now. Yeah. And, and he's <laughs> been working on plans for like a minute. He was testing on animals. He was learning he was wild stuff. Yeah. He was learning to poison shit. It was just like not, not good. He was kind of involving Julian a little bit. Um, just, it was very sus. Well, the way that he was including Julian was by pretending to be a forager. Literally. sending him mushrooms so that it was not weird whenever they found Bunny dead from mushrooms. Which he eventually bails on, because it's too tactical. Yeah, it's too planned. Yeah. 
So he's like, we're going to jump him when he's on one of his walks and push him off a cliff. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? But they all do it anyway. And Richard is not with them at first. And that was like the plan for him not to be there. But then Richard sees that Bunny's not going on his walk. And so he's like, they're just going to be waiting there. And I need to go tell them because he is planning on telling people and like calling the cops or going to the paper or something. And I need to tell them like right now. I don't really remember what happened that triggered him being like, I need to go. But he runs out to the cliffs and he tells them and they're all like freaking out and trying to make another plan and stuff. When Bunny suddenly stumbles upon them because he did decide to go on his walk just hours late. Yeah. And it was just like, what? And so Bunny stumbles upon them and he's really suspicious and he's yelling at them and he's like, Richard, I can't believe you're on their side. He's freaking out. And suddenly Henry just pushes him. Yep. And Henry and Camilla go down the cliff and they're like, yo, he's dead. Like, no worries. We good. And you're like, okay. Right. And Richard loses it a little bit, but I honestly feel like he holds it slightly more together than Francis and Charles do. Oh, for sure. Francis and Charles are like getting really panicky, having massive panic attacks that they think are heart attacks. Um, Charles is getting really, really drunk. Francis is going to the hospital and they're telling him he needs a psychologist he's like don't tell Henry because they're all afraid of Henry and really they should be afraid of both Henry and Charles like I I still think they should be afraid of Henry Henry is a serial killer in the making um but because like I would totally see Henry like murdering all of them over 20 years yeah he'd probably get caught by then and he would probably do like a murder suicide with Camilla at the end but right because there's an undercurrent of romantic charge between Camilla and Henry but it has to be stifled because Charles is apparently abusing Camilla sexually and yeah. they've and has been... been for a while yeah and, so and she... physically and emotionally yes he's like burning her and hurting her and she's at this point now that he's so drunk all the time she's afraid she's gonna get killed right by him on act not related to this bunny and other murder like she's like this would be happening probably anyway like i'm going to get murdered by my brother no matter what like somebody help somebody help and so henry really gets her out of the situation and honestly that's kind of the best thing henry has done and does i think is getting camilla out of that situation i still don't think that it's for like the most altruistic reasons but it is still good it is net positive for Camilla. Right. At that point. Yeah. Well, the paranoia is setting in for everybody. Everybody's getting it because the police have not found Bunny's body. He went missing and nobody really reported it. Yeah. And it snowed all over his body. So nobody found it. For so like weeks. <laughs> yeah. So then it became like from, oh, he slipped and fell during a hike to, there's a boy missing and, you know, in Hampton College. Like it became The big. FBI comes in and they're all questioning them and you don't really see it this point how heavily Charles and Henry are being questioned by the police but they are like closing in they think that it might be related to Cloak who is the local coke dealer which (laughs) I that's the laziest thing she did in this book Cloak the coke dealer Uh, really hilarious she and she didn't come right out and say like Cloak the coke dealer but like he is the coke dealer and his name is Cloak 
Like, right. what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Cloak the Coke dealer, they're kind of pointing him in this direction, but they're like, how does Cloak have all the money to, like, do this investing and stuff? Right. Oh, my God, it must be Henry and Bunny were involved in it. How is Charles involved since he's the one that broke into Bunny's room and reported him missing? Like, how how is this all related? And they're trying to solve this murder, and eventually they rule it an accident related to alcohol. Yes. Yeah. And... Because he had fallen with a bottle in his hand because of going to the party first. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And so they kind of, like, brush it off as that. They end up having to, like, go to his funeral, and Henry has to, like, stay at their house for a while and, like, take care of the family and stuff. Yeah. And, like, the guilt and, like, that would just... That would be horrible and they all like sleep at their house for a couple nights or something to go to the funeral and it's just really icky this is the part where they yeah this is the part where cloak and charles are like smoking a joint outside and stuff so i was like have to roll a joint for cloak the coke dealer and so yeah basically all of that happens and it's just getting really tense and everybody's about to turn on everybody else like they're all kind of pointing at richard as maybe be the ringleader but the fbi is kind of pointing at henry and charles is getting like drunk driving getting caught drunk driving and it's just really devolving it's not good totally and charles is really losing it francis is like internally losing it and losing it in his physical capabilities and regulating his nervous system but charles is getting like vitrolically angry and drunk and just absolutely horrible and so you're like oh my god we're really seeing the real charles too and just how horrible he is we get confirmation of the incest and abuse and it's just it's icky and you're glad that Camilla gets pulled out. We see Henry step up to keep her safe. And you're like, this is weird. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, hmm, why is Henry being half a decent person for a moment? Right. But then Julian almost finds out. He gets, or he does find out. He does find he out. He gets a letter from Bunny, but he doesn't even think it's from Bunny. And he's like telling him the whole story of Camilla and the incest and some other random shit. We don't really know what all is in the letter, but basically he's just spilling all the tea in this all letter. The tea. He's and telling about the murder. He's like throwing all the details in there. Julian thinks it's a prank yes. at first, and then he figures out. That the letterhead is from the hotel in Italy, and that Bunny definitely wrote it. Yeah, and it's on the back. Yeah. So so Julian has not observed this yet. It takes, like, hours, and you're in this, like, suspenseful state Mm -hmm. for, like, 50 pages. It was for a while, and they're, like, running around trying to find Henry. They're, like, it's just, like, absolutely a mess, and everybody's so panicked and freaking out. Julian figures it out, and he just packs up and leaves. Yeah! He's like, you know what? I'm not gonna condemn you guys. Good for you for following the Greeks and after them, but I also can't be mixed up in this. Goodbye. But he doesn't even say goodbye. He just disappears. He just disappears, and Henry is, like, heartbroken. Oh! He is so sad. Their mentor, their leader, the pe- 
person that had told them that this pretentious, crazy life that they were living was something good. Yeah, it it was just, he was devastated. Yeah. And they tell them that they're going to need to switch majors and all this, like, stuff about all of that. And it's just, like, really not good. And Charles comes in in the middle of this and he's like, what the fuck? And he's, like, mad. And so they really think that Charles is going to go tell everybody. And Charles is acting reckless. He's getting arrested. He's, you know, just not not in a good place. Yeah, they so know he's going to end up in therapy having to talk to someone and same with Francis and that means that they're gonna disclose that they hurt someone mm-hmm. uh, and murdered someone yeah and know? so they start freaking out and they're trying to figure out what to do the Henry and Camilla are staying under secret name at the hotel because their relationship is moving forward and basically what happens is Francis and Richard burst up into the hotel room to tell Henry and Camilla something like I said so much happens right here at this point that like yeah. I don't remember the exact order of events but something happens with Charles that they're like we need to tell them right now they're not answering let's go and they go and they are in the middle of like warning them and suddenly Charles comes in oh Charles disappeared and stole Francis's farmer's truck and they're like oh my god because they just left him at the farmhouse yeah the country house and they're in cahoots with Henry and Charles is like paranoid opinion which they kind of are it's just like a whole clusterfuck and they're trying to get to the hotel first they get to the hotel and suddenly charles bursts in with francis's gun or the farmhouse gun and he's waving it around and he shoots richard accidentally yeah and nobody notices nobody notices (laughs) and and even when richard says something nobody turns and is like oh my god and the gun is being knocked around henry almost kills charles the gun gets into henry's hand and then all of a sudden the innkeeper burst into the room so he knows it's like really over now they're gonna call the police something's gonna happen like this is not gonna be good and he has the gun and it's just he's like oh my god Charles is gonna tell them whatever so he's like Camilla come here and I think that he's gonna push Camilla out the window is what I thought was gonna happen oh my god I thought he was gonna murder suicide Camilla and Charles right then Mm. that's what I thought was gonna happen you kind of get suspense that he might murder Charles. You kind of get the suspense that he might murder Camilla because he's looking out the open window and he tells her to come to the window. Right. And he she's all scared. A big old smooch. And he's like, I love you. And then he kills himself. Yeah. And you go to Henry's funeral. Everybody's like, oh man, the stress of Bunny's death. And you never really even reopen any of the murder cases. And nothing ever changes. Charles goes to some therapy, but he kind of bounces. He's just drunk, bouncing around the world, living at his grandma's or something. And no, wait, no, he's not living with his grandma. He's just bouncing around like a leaf in the wind. And Francis is like about to get married to this woman he doesn't love because he was caught in a relationship with a man and he's now bearding hardcore to not lose his wealth and his fortune yeah. but he's also like kind of insane he tries to kill himself at one point it doesn't work and it's just like a whole depressing mess Camilla is living with her grandmother and taking care of her and she's still in love with Henry the dead guy and she's not healing from the abuse she went through at the hands of either Henry or more importantly Charles 
Charles. Right. And, and Richard thought it was a good time to shoot his shot. He did. Meeting her at the hospital, taking care of Francis, post attempt. Yep. And he's going to try to be like, Camilla. Because Richard is self-absorbed. Richard is Edward Cullen, is True. the guy in you, Joel Goldberg. Yeah. Like... They're just not good people. And so Richard is just, like, obsessed with himself and his story and being the main character. He has big main character energy. And he never is the main character. And that's what upsets him so much. He's on the outside always. He's a side character in every freaking story, but all he wants is to be the main character. Yeah, nobody even noticed when he got shot. Nope. We didn't even tell the audience that he made it. Yeah. fine. Yeah, and that, like, it all missed everything. Yeah, and that's that's how inconsequential Richard is. To this story, even though he's our narrator. He's almost like a third person narrator it's so funny like or like a whole separate entity and it's just it's so funny and so camilla is also having a sad life richard he had a girlfriend for a while but he couldn't really connect with her which i think shows that he's disconnected because of the murders but i also and like the secrets and how they haunt him but i also think it's because he's a little gay yeah he's a little gay because he also like had a girlfriend that just like it ended badly and messily and he didn't date for like years and he was obsessed with the idea of Camilla and also equally obsessed with all of the other people in the group. That's true. And just didn't admit that it was the same kind of allure. Anyway, that's just my opinion on Richard being queer. But anyway... I digress. So you literally, that's all that happens. They all get their shitty ending and none of them end up happy. I am sad for Francis um, because I honestly think he was like one of the better characters, if that makes sense, like better people. He couldn't exist without the amount of money that he had. Uh, He is. He is gluttonous and he is still a very guilty bystander you know but i do think of all of the people he's one of the better ones yeah if we're rolling into such but kill i can tell you i'm session with him yes in that country house i wanted to be in there in that rowboat like all those scenes from the country house definitely read this book just for those yeah it's like the perfect fall lounging rainy day countryside book yeah it's perfect mm-hmm. um if you're into dark stuff yeah it's really dark and murderous and haunting but we'll get into that never mind never mind never mind anyway who are you fucking savannah okay we didn't talk about her but sophie yes sophie is like an obscure side character that's way nicer and cooler than anybody else and deserved a lot better richard was briefly involved with her and that was the girlfriend he like couldn't connect with and now he's single and alone yeah um she deserved way better than that group yep she got it yeah thank god thank god thank god i would give it to her i would kill julian (laughs) i think that that character was just like so wacky to me i didn't really get it I didn't really get the concept of this, like, elusive, weird teacher. He didn't seem very charming to me. I need to look into, like... It's kind of like how Carlisle just let people, like, let his coven just kill people and then come right back with, like, no consequence and no hard feelings. Julian knew how hard Edward hated himself for. Yeah, and Julian is like, and I know how bad you guys must feel having killed Bunny, and I also know that I'm the one that taught you how to do this. I didn't 
teach them how to do this. Okay, he didn't teach them how to murder. It's not how to get away with murder, but he did right. teach them how to have that like ecstasy Dionysus moment. Yeah, and they had Chad presented it. Interesting. Yeah, and presented, like, this frantic state, and he constantly talks about, like, living forever, being awesome, and he constantly talks about, like, how death, and how, like, death is beautiful, and war is gorgeous, and all this stuff, like, he is kind of approving of murder. He's not disapproving of murder. He's not disapproving of murder. (laughs) And so, I I think he's, yeah, not a good person. I, I don't think he's the worst character in the book, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't pick worst character. I just picked two annoyed me most. Um, so I you're taking one out for your selfish reasons, not for the world being a safer, better place. Yeah, exactly. Okay, this world, fair enough. It's the bad place. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I, In the be- bad place, who would I get rid of? I respect it. I respect it. Okay. Who are your picks? Sesh, fuck, kill. I would definitely sesh with Judy because I'm sure she has some really good shit. She also was always trying to get Richard unsuccessfully, another reason he's gay, to sleep with him or to sleep with her. And I think that's creepy, but I also want to bang her then, maybe. <laughs> because she's probably pretty good and desperate. That sounds really bad of me, but I don't think anybody else in this book was, like, interested in sex. Yeah. And so, and I want somebody who's, like, invested in the sex to have sex with. Now that's the truth. You know, not like I want to take advantage of her desperation, but I'd rather somebody who's desperate than somebody who's apathetic. So, somebody that's enthusiastic, maybe? That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Not yeah, you. thank you. Because as soon as I said that, I was like, that's not the, it's not, that's not the descriptor. it's not the descriptor, and it's not how I feel about her or other people. But anyway, I want somebody enthusiastic. Also why I would maybe go for Sophie, if not. Ah, that's a good pick. Because she's also not an apathetic person. Yeah. She and Richard break up because they can't connect. Because she wants somebody she can connect with. I just, I want, I want one of the non-apathetic shitty characters, okay? Right, so you're killing the worst character. I'm killing the worst character, Charles, in my opinion. He gives me the mad ick. I normally do not finish books with incest, but I did it for you guys. Um, It's also a really good book, so I'm glad I finished it, but... I think it ties in a lot with, like, Greek. Yeah, but it's still horrible. It is horrible. I think it was painted as horrible. I know. At least there's that. At least there's that. I hate it. Consolation prize. I hate it when it's like a positive portrayal of like in a romance. Even if it's like a fake out incest, it's still creepy. I don't like it. I don't like it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, what are you rating this book, Savannah? Uh, I think I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I'm gonna be honest, this tickles a weird itch in my brain, and pretty much every year around fall, the cooling of the weather, winter time even, this comes creeping in to my reads list. You wanna be Richard in the barn, shaking and shivering? Oh my god, no, that's so traumatic to read. (laughs) But there's something about it that just is enchanting when you read it. Like, it's just very engrossing. I enjoyed the way that it played out and unfolded, and I, I, I don't know, it's just different than anything I had ever read. It's really well done. Yeah. It is a very well done, I feel like, five-act book. I think it could have been a little shorter. I think it could have been maybe, like, 50 pages shorter. A few scenes I just felt were, like, unnecessary and just kind of, like, probably the author's favorite scenes, but, like, just a little unnecessary. And I hated all the characters but i was also very compelled by the story yeah and so it was really good i also think it should not have been marketed as a thriller 
It's marketed as a thriller, and I feel like it's suspenseful in the last little tiny bit, and you said something good about this. Like, basically, you were like, I feel like a thriller, the suspense and franticness starts earlier. Yeah, there's like this tipping point in the book where all of a sudden the energy gets very frantic and it's very suspenseful and you're like, can't put it down. And I feel like in a thriller that starts... Um, much earlier. Much earlier than it did in this book. In this book, it was like a lot of slow progress towards something. And then you tip that point, you know, yeah. it's not, it doesn't have like the thriller energy to it. I yeah, like. um, it really doesn't. And very it's, suspenseful. Yeah, but not like scary either. Yeah. It never scared me. It was like a pretty painting of a horrible scene. It wasn't scary. That's true. You know what I mean? I like that description for sure. Did you say what you were going to rate it? Oh, so I think I agree with your rating of four out of five because okay. I really did enjoy it, but I also hated it. And I think there was like very slight improvements, but not not, not really many. I think it was a good book. It was solid. It was super good. I, I was very solid. Good recommendation. What are we reading next week? Next week, we're going to be reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo oh as our season God. finale. Oh my God. Season finale. I know. We will see you guys then. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's almost over. Um, send us some book recommendations on Instagram at baked.and.bookish or on Instagram at maggie.writes. We do love to read recommendations from you guys. Sometimes we add them, sometimes we don't. It's just really random. We try and keep the seasons pretty balanced, but I do always love your ideas and I screenshot all of them. And they are saved in a big old folder. So please send us those recommendations. We love you and we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye! Bye! Bye.